You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Inner negative, outside positive. <laughs> Sid Talk. That would... What are you talking about? Our before the after the show discussion about buying a power adapter and the correct polarity for some cheap little pot thing that I bought that didn't come with one. Yeah, if you've ever had this dilemma. Never heard of this in my whole life until I went to buy a power adapter for a small monitor, 7-inch monitor I bought to go with my DSLR camera. And then it's like, oh, there's oh, there's different ones and different sizes, different kinds. It's polarity. a whole new world. The polarity with the negative and the plus and going into the C or the other way around. Oh, my God. Make sure you always buy the right one or otherwise you'll blow your thing up. <laughs> Even in the description, it's they're kind enough... To say, be sure to buy the right one. Because you put the wrong one in, one and boom, the magic smoke happens. <laughs> yeah, magic smoke. <laughs> That's what they call it, magic smoke. That was the before the after the show discussion. So, with all that out of the way, it is the weekend of Saturday, June the 9th, twenty eighteen. This is after the show. We're a weekly podcast. We review movies, and uh, we're on episode five hundred and thirty-four. This is a uh, Movie we're looking at this week is called Game Night. It's a 2018 movie released on Blu-ray. Now you can actually pick this up right now. It's rated R for violence and stuff. Violence and strong language. Violence and stuff. <laughs> and it's from our friends at Warner Brothers who sent us the Blu-ray for review. And Sid Talk will give you the quick synopsis of Game Night. Uh, married couple. You're not going to like my synopsis. Married couple... Runs into a mm, tryst with some criminal activity. And in the end, they love each other more. Nice. See, I could apply that to all these kinds of movies. Like Date Night, I believe, was the same principle almost. You know, happily married couple runs into some criminals. And then activities ensue. Horrible bosses. Was that like that? Yeah, that's some criminal activity. True, a little heisty. Yep. That's it. I mean, it's just a fun couple's friend movie all right so uh game night um i didn't see the trailer for this one i don't think did you no i don't think i ever really heard of it you know sometimes with these adult comedies as i like to call them they end up being kind of lame you know what i'm saying oh definitely so with this one i wasn't quite sure what to expect but i was pleasantly surprised and you know why i was pleasantly surprised because it is Kind of a hybrid between a wacky comedy and an actual action suspense movie. Which mm, you, Suspense is a bit strong. I would liken it to a movie I'm going to recommend this week called Very Bad Things. Mm. Really? I mean, it's not quite as dark <laughs> as that one, but it is does go to some dark stuff. Nah, there's no darkness here. I thought there was. Nah, there's no darkness. It's all very normal thugs, criminals... People getting mm. shot in the arm. That's not dark. It's pretty... That's not dark. It's not what's generally in a normal comedy like uh, this. A grown person intentionally shooting a child through the arm would be dark. This is just, uh, you know. So, so I disagree that, with that assessment. So that's why I liked it, because it, like, it, was, it was almost like two different types of movies. It was always funny, though. And I thought there was some legitimately funny dialogue. 
like sometimes in these movies I'm rolling my eyes a bit. It's just a bit too lowbrow, let's yep. say. But with this, I think there was some legitimately funny stuff. And it was mostly, well, actually, there's three sets of couples in this movie. And all three sets had funny stuff. Nobody was given the short end of the straw. Short end of the straw, is that a word? Is that an expression? <laughs> Just the end of the straw. Very subjective. Yeah, I think all three couples had f- good input into it. Now, yeah, I, nobody was throwaway to me anyway. No, and there were different types of couples. And I really enjoyed the couple that consisted of Sarah and Ryan. They <laughs> yeah. were my favorite couple because they were like a new couple and they didn't really know each other properly. And Ryan is his comedy was I thought really funny. It was um in an old in an old seventies movie. He, they would have been he would love lamp. <laughs> no, I I, th- I'm th- I was thinking of like in an old seventies movie. Not to offend anybody here, there was always like a blonde. What did they call it? Idiot. I think the like word a jock. For, no, I, I don't. I think a female character. It generally was. Oh, bimbo? Yes. Okay. And he was like... like an airhead? He was like that character, but of the male version. But the joke is, he had been bringing to their game night all with the friends of blonde bimbo women yes. for all the years. And they call him out on it. And so then he decides he's going to bring someone who isn't dumb. But she, she doesn't do much for him, I don't think, at first. But she's a match for him. like she, Yeah, well, she more than a match. Yeah, and she can't... Because so, he becomes the blonde bimbo... Yeah, exactly. It's a reversal thing. Yeah, clever. Yeah, so yeah, the 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 thin, you know, the plot is interesting, but you can kind of see what's coming, can't you? I mean, sure. Um, there might be some spoilers here. This is a wacky comedy. It does have a couple of twists and turns in it, but I kind of saw it all coming. Was you surprised by anything? Um, not surprised, but I will say. I was like in it to be like, hmm, are they trying to do this or are they doing that? Yeah. And I wasn't sure. So the surprise was I didn't 100% sit there and go, oh, I know what this is going to be. I just had some options and it did turn out to be one of the options. Yeah, yeah. But because it was fun and I was kind of in it, I didn't care. Yeah, there's like two options basically where this movie's going to go and it happens to be one of them. And you'll probably have seen it before it comes. So you're not really in it for the who done it kind of aspect. But yeah, there's this game, you know, you've seen those things um where people do those fancy game nights where it's like a murder mystery and you go in and there's actors. Yeah, just just for reference, nobody does that. You only go to restaurants for that? Yeah. No normal people do that? No. Just rich people, maybe? I'm not saying they're not normal. Maybe but. maybe some nerdy people do it every Friday night, like a fun thing, you know? Well, game night, yes, but not hire an entire company to come and like pretend to kidnap you. No, they don't. I'll tell you a story. I've actually been to one of these nights um, nice. with uh, a, a company that I worked for. They put on, like for our Christmas party, one of these nights in a big mansion. It wasn't stay all night kind of thing. It was just a couple of hours. And it was, um, you know, Clue. You call it Clue. We call it Cluedo. Mm-hmm. But they had a... Uh, you know, a bunch of actors and, you know, the reverend hit somebody over the head with the crowbar in the dining room and you all had to figure out who was lying and who wasn't. It was one of those things. So this is kind of like that, but on a bigger scale. Grander, yeah. Right. And um, 
you know, it starts off kind of innocent and ends up with people being shot in the arm and <laughs> running from criminals and car chases and a plane, a plane chase. <laughs> I mean, it gets, <laughs> it gets out of control towards the end. Um, bigger than I actually expected it to be. When it started, you know, it's, it's actually really funny as well because Jason Bateman's character Max and Rachel McAdams' Annie, they're both movie fans, so there's a lot of, like, movie references in this movie. She, like, does the none of you effing pricks move from yeah. fiction. And they also do, like, when they're chasing down a plane in a car, which sounds ridiculous, she says, oh, it's just like Liam Neeson in Take Him 3. You know, <laughs> like, it's got a lot of little nods at different movies, which I enjoyed. And what did you find? Did you find anything particularly funny? Anything particularly Nothing funny? specific, no. I just, I laughed a lot. Was there anything you didn't like? Um, good question. Um, other than the, the bottom line story is she would like to have a baby and he's not that interested. And so we have to resolve that. That yeah. is a bit boring, but that really doesn't bother me because yeah. over, I had more enjoyment than I had. And this is another one of those times when I can say when I'm having a good time and the movie is convincing me of everything, I don't sit and nitpick. I don't sit there and go, oh my God, that's so stupid or that doesn't work or any I'm just in it and I if you ask me right now if if I write the review in a few days I might start thinking of things but probably not because it's filled up my whole head with that was a good time yeah now what absolutely um my favorite thing in the whole movie is Jesse Plemons playing Gary he plays a police officer who lives next door to them and it's just the weirdest character it's just the way he delivers it you know when he stood in the doorway and he, he invites them in and then he just disappears into the shadows like Dracula? Yeah. It, it's just like so weird moments like that with him that I thought was the funniest. Um, I don't associate Jesse Plements, if you don't know who he is. He uh, it was from Breaking Bad and he's in, what else is he in? Fargo. Fargo, yeah. Second season. Yeah, he's a serious actor generally. You don't, I don't really associate him with comedy, but he nailed that character. It was just... I don't know, there's something... He's very deadpan when he plays him. And it's very awkward. And everybody around him, they all slip into this. This is a very awkward situation every time he speaks. Because he's not very socially adept. And he is kind of... Well, his wife has left him. He's a police yeah. officer. It's kind of... And you kind of get... You kind of understand. Yeah, he's after not... you're with him for a little bit. His brain isn't right. I mean, he's not got over it. He's... It's, He's just a bit weird. I think weird. his brain is fine. He's just an emotional guy. That's what I mean. He's uh, suffering, basically. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they don't want to really be friends with him because he's a bit weird. But, you know, it, there's a resolve in that whole story as well, which I really liked. So, um, as far as a comedy goes, I enjoyed it. If I had any... There isn't much bad to say. There was nothing where I rolled my eyes thinking, these jokes are really terrible. It was the right amount of jokes... And then when it started picking up into an action movie, which it kind of does, I was pleasantly surprised because I didn't know there was an action element to this. I thought that they were just going to be in the house and that was it. But I mean, it, there's a car chase, which I love. They go to a big mansion, which was awesome. There was a scene in the mansion where I said to you, this would, must have took a lot of choreography with the cameras. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, that was a really cool scene, and it's a, a scene, even though it's goofy, it's like a scene out of an action movie, like a really cool... 
There's a lot of cool camera work in this movie that you wouldn't expect in a, a comedy like this. Whenever they're driving the cars, there's this cool, I don't know what it is. Is it like a camera that's stuck on top of the car and, or is it a drone following the car? I don't mm. know. I couldn't really figure it out. It looked good though. It kind of looks like when you're playing a video game and you're driving a car from above. And you can see the car, but it's very stable and it, it's kind of on a track. And there was a lot of this camera work where... Miniaturizing. It, yeah, miniaturizing, is, which... My camera will do that. My, the lens that I have, it's, that's actually what it's called, I think. But this was using a drone from above. Yeah, it's just a lens thing where if you have a certain kind of um, lens that pulls the distance into you, but you can focus on a thing, and then it makes that thing look short and squatty, and everything around it looks a little bit... Kind of fuzzy, and it actually looks like a to- like like a model, like a model. Yeah, isn't? I thought it was a really cool effect. I actually thought it was a CG model at first. I thought every time they were doing that, oh, they're just mm. using some CG thing. But you could tell afterwards that it wasn't. So yeah, it has a lot of interesting camera work and action that you wouldn't expect from a comedy like this, including like a plane's getting its wheel knocked off and <laughs> scooting along the thing. I mean, it's some pretty cool stuff. So uh, let's move on. T- as far as a comedy, if you like... It's not Anchorman. It's not that kind of wacky. It's more Horrible Bosses, because it is by the creators of Horrible Bosses. It's more that kind of comedy. So you'll probably know if you like this kind of thing or not. But I put it down to... We'll go on to the cast here. Jason Bateman plays Max. I said to you after the movie had finished, I'm a big fan of Jason Bateman. After watching Ozark on Netflix, he, I, you know, I'll, I'll watch him in anything... Like, I think he's really excellent. <laughs> but I, I did say to you, what you get with Jason Bateman is kind of Jason Bateman, right? You don't, <laughs> it, it doesn't seem, he doesn't seem to be any different to me in anything. Ooh. But I don't see that as bad because I really enjoy watching him. I like his delivery. It's very dry and he's not too over the top wacky. You feel like he's sincere. Yeah, very sincere. And I, I just believe that the characters he plays are actually him. Re- just reading some lines, and that's what people want. They want that him because his personality is fun. But then in Ozark, which is a very serious, dark show, that is a dark show, right? Darker, yeah. I mean, that's li- it's like a Breaking Bad style situation. He's not funny in that, but he still delivers it the same way as this guy, you know. So I think he's really excellent. But I was trying to think: is there a Jason Bateman performance where he doesn't really do that same thing? Can you think of one? Not off the top of my head. Even that one where he goes home to grieve with his family. Now, Smoking Aces, he was just weird. So yes. you might think of in that one. In his underpants, right? Yeah, in a bunny outfit. That one was just weird, yeah. <laughs> a bunny costume. But still, he, he was still... Well, he was pretty wacky. Dry, like, yeah. But yeah, there's not... You know, I really enjoy watching him. I think he is definitely a leading man, sells a movie... If he's, if he's in a movie, I'm probably likely to be interested because, you know, he doesn't go overboard, um, but he is quite funny. I just like that dry sense of humor he has where it's... Um, and so you like him too, right? Yes. Rachel McAdams matches him, I think. She almost plays the female Jason Bateman. She's very... She's a bit more goofy than he is. Yeah. But she has that sense... It's the same sense of humor when they just... It's quite clear they're a couple, and the sense of humor is the same. <laughs> you know, they know each other. I, I really like that. How like they've played, they've done these game nights for a long time, 
and they really know each other. They're so when, you, when you totally see them interacting it. in game nights. They're very competitive. This is one of the hooks of their relationships. They're super competitive. And the game night with the friends is really like, we're going to win. Yeah. Every single time. It's and it's like, a big deal. It's like we're out for blood. And one of the couples even say, this is our favorite time of the whole week. So they all really dig it. It's a very nice bonding thing. I felt convinced. I like the friendships. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So um, Rachel McAdams is really funny. There's there's some part, that part where she was having to stitch his arm up. That was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> the part where she was <laughs> when they were in the bar thinking, there's a lot of misunderstandings in this movie. There's a part where they're in a bar with some with all the bad guys, but they don't believe they're bad guys. They still think that they're, they're actors from this game night. But they're actually really bad guys who are dangerous, but she's just clowning it up. She's <laughs> dropping a gun on the floor. She's like <laughs> tapping them on the heads and stuff. I don't know, really funny. I like her. And, I, you know, we don't see her in comedies much. She's generally pretty serious, right? So I think that's my, maybe why it worked. Kyle Chandler plays Jason Bateman's brother, Brooks. What, what did you think of him? He was fine. I mean, he's always... I'm pretty neutral on him. I, always, I can't think of what else I've seen him in, but something probably very popular that I'm very familiar with. Yeah, I see he's, him as a doctor. He was doctor. in a period piece as somebody's father. Oh, he was the father in um, Manchester by the Sea. Oh, yes, he was. I mean, it didn't last very long. That is true. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're thinking, but he's always, he's pretty solid. Yeah. I'm always glad to see him. He's anonymous famous to me. Now someone else might be like, anonymous famous? What's that? That's when I don't particularly know the person, but I know the person. So that's anonymous famous. And that would, you'd amount that to like character actors a lot of the time where you're like, I've seen that guy a thousand times, but I could never they're say, all, I could never tell you They're all character actors. I think that's a really weird saying because everyone's playing a character. So, True. Yeah. But then you've got starring roles, that. leading actors. They're all characters. So they're all character actors. Let's say supporting actors. Fair. Yeah. That's what they'd be called at the Academy Awards. So that's fair. Yeah. So, like, yeah, there, there are many people who you've literally, you're sat watching TV and you go, oh, yeah, that guy, he always plays the detective. I have no idea who he is. Correct. But I've seen him a million times. And he's good. Yeah. I like Kyle Chandler again. He's not really goofy, even though he, he could have been in this movie. He is what he is. And yeah. he's involved in a serious situation. And he's not really the joke man in this movie, but he fits. Um my favorite couple here were Billy Magnuson as Ryan and Sharon Hogan as Sarah. It was just a really awesome dynamic between them two. Um, she's an Irish lady. And uh, yeah, the, the setup is, it's like his first date with her. And he is kind of not that smart, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one that dated all the dumb people before. Yeah. And now he's the dumb one. I like when, um, when they, br- they break a Fabergé egg. And inside, it, there's a sticker that says "Made in China," mm-hmm. and they go, "Look, it says Made in China. It's not, it's a fake." And he goes, "But the sticker might just be Made in China. <laughs> Maybe just the sticker's Made in China." <laughs> so yeah, uh, there's you know funny stuff like that. But I love those two, both of them. Again, all three of these couples were excellent. And the final couple was Lamont Morris as Kevin and Kylie Bunbury as Michelle, and they were yeah, I really like them. They're funny, and they had this like funny like side story about she'd they've been together since they were 13 they got married when they were 19 but somewhere along the way they kind of end up pulling out of her that she slept with a celebrity and he's freaking out because he's been with her her whole life 
And then we kind of go from there with his obsession with finding out what happened and who she was with. So that's kind of plugged into the different scenes, but it didn't feel sometimes they, a movie will do that. And it feels like, Oh my God, can we just cut all of that out? But I feel like it actually added to, and it was part of their scenes when they're doing something else. And so I felt like it was done really well. And, um, Jesse Plemons plays Gary. I mentioned him earlier. He's my favorite thing in this whole movie. Plays a cop. He's not in it a lot, but when he is, it is very funny. <laughs> the part where he's just sat and uh, Jason Bateman's gone off to use his computer, actually he tells him he's gone to the toilet, but uh, where he's just sat there waiting and he keeps looking over his shoulder like, is he, is he back yet? Is he back yet? I know he's up to something. Really, really funny. And then finally, uh, Michael C. Hall, you will know as Dexter, it basically looked like Dexter in this, even what he was wearing. And it could have been anybody. I'm, I'm, I hate to be anti-Dexter, but I'm really off of him for having participated in that last season. So it doesn't do much for me. I haven't seen him since then in anything. And uh, when he cropped up, I was like, oh, look, it's Dexter. He will never be able to live that down, will he? He's always Dexter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Michael C. Hall's in it briefly. He's all right. This is directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. It's like a double directing job, two directors. They directed Vacation. Do you remember that? The movie Vacation? Yeah. Original Vacation? No, that terrible remake that we watched. Oh, was there a remake? Yeah, we watched it. The remake with Ed Helms. It was really bad. Oh, I blocked it out. We reviewed it on after <laughs> on one of the after the show episodes. I blocked it out completely. So yeah, they went to. It was the same story. They go to Wally World. It's closed. It's crap. wow. It's kind of cruddy. It's more adult X rated kind of thing. Mm. It's not. It's not particularly funny. I can't remember. Oh, the mother was Christina Applegate. Okay, it's all coming back her old, to They visited her old campus along the way, and she used to be a bit of a wild girl. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah it was not good. Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> but um, this is much better than that. And I think this is better because it's not trying to be something else. It's its own thing, game night. It's not a franchise or anything like that. Like, Vacation had to kind of live up to that original film. Mm. It didn't. Live but, up, live down. We know it's, it's subjective. <laughs> But it's clear that towards the end of this movie, they could make another one of these. And if it did really well, they probably will. You know, we know how it goes. Yeah. Um, so, extras on the Blu-ray. It's very, very light on extras. There's a, an unforgettable evening making Game Night. And it's the making of Game Night, and it lasts about four minutes. And it really isn't the making of Game Night. It's just some talking. And then there's a gag reel which is just extra scenes from the movie where they just fluff up and stuff. It's nothing particularly interesting. There's no commentary. So in extras, I would have to give it a very low rating on the yeah. extras. But uh, in conclusion on the movie, uh, Game Night, I highly recommend it. I think it's a cool movie. It is. It's fun. Fun, fun. Um, and there's a cool dog in it. <laughs> the dog's on the cover. He's almost a star. <laughs> He's not in it that much. No, not not <laughs> not enough to warrant that. No. But uh, it is that scenario with the dog, which I won't say, that is actually quite funny too. Just how it... Yeah. It's that kind of old school comedy where um, things just start to spiral out of control. Like there's no... Oh, it starts off with one little thing and then it gets ridiculously... It's that comedy, isn't it? Some might say the Three Stooges or something, but would you... You know, like it's slapsticky. Yeah. The borderlines occasionally, but... Yeah. Because it's blended well. Yeah. 
and I like the story, except for the baby thing. I think that's a bit blah, but I just think every line and every scene that everybody's interacting with is engaging enough for me. Funny. I laughed like the whole time. I can't remember a time when I wasn't laughing or giggling or just being like, oh my God, in my mind, like that's hilarious. So, and it never goes too far. Like for it's, it doesn't go gross out or anything like that. Like some movie, some of these type of movies think they have to. No, it doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't, it, you know, I'm trying to think of a scenario in these type of movies where it goes gross out just for the sake of it. Like bridesmaids where they're shitting in the street. You know what I'm saying? But that was funny. It was, but you know, this doesn't really <laughs> Let's go just there. Let's that That's funny. Even when they're like sewing his arm up, it doesn't go for the gore or anything. It's just funny. Even though he's having a bullet. <laughs> well, he's having his arm sewn up. So, um, yeah, I uh, recommend this game night. And I am presently surprised because I generally am pretty lukewarm on these kind of comedies. So, thanks to Warner Brothers for letting us review this. And uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be Pacific Rim Uprising, which is the second in the Pacific Rim movies. And if you go back and listen to our Pacific Rim review, we both really loved it. You remember that? Pacific Rim, yeah, I liked it. Yep. Kind of like, well, it's not Godzilla, but it's Kaiju, as they call them, Kaiju, mm. coming out of the sea. And uh, the international forces fighting off these giant monsters. The only thing we didn't particularly like was that Charlie Day character who was really lame in the middle of it. Do you remember? Mm-mm. He was like that really lame, one of those lame characters that we don't like. like <laughs> that in, we collectively don't like. Like in The Three Musketeers. Oh my God. Yeah, that's that, like that the worst, ex- that's the best <laughs> worst example. Yeah, well this guy was literally like that. And it, we were like, oh my Ugh. God, please get this guy off the screen. So hopefully he doesn't return. So that specific Rim Uprising, we'll look at that next week. Movie recommendations based on Game Night. I am going with a movie I mentioned earlier, Very Bad Things. It's from probably how long ago now? Would you say 20 years ago? Don't know. Almost. You've got you got the whole internet right in front of you. Um, Very Bad Things. It stars... Who does it star? Christian Slater? No. Am I wrong? It's the guy from Rogan a Diamond. He's in it, right? Rogan a Diamond. From Aliens. He just died last year. Yeah. In real life. I don't actually have any idea who you're talking about. Yes, you do. He directed stuff. Died during surgery. <laughs> no, I can't think of his name. Oh, my God. And Big Love. He was the guy from Big oh. Love. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. We're terrible. No, I don't think he was in it, was he? You're talking about Paxton. Yeah. Was he not in Very Bad Things? No, I, don't th- I, think it, I thought it was Christian Slater, but mm. I'm probably wrong as well. Let me have a look. Very Bad Things. Christian Slater. Okay. 1998, Very Bad Things. And it was directed by Peter Berg, and it stars Christian oh, Slater. Peter Berg, okay. I'm confusing Peter Berg with... Right. Yeah, that guy. It uh, stars Christian Slater and Cameron Diaz. Um, it's really, like, it's like this movie. It's a comedy movie with some with a dark turn to it. But it's much darker. John is Favreau was also... I was going to say, is that the director of the famed Alien vs. Cowboys? Or Cowboys versus Aliens. Well, John Favreau's in it, but Peter Berg is uh, the director. Um, yeah. So I'm recommending Very Bad Things, and I'm also recommending Ozark. It's a Netflix series starring Jason Bateman. I think it's some of his best work. Some say it's a Breaking Bad ripoff. No, it's di- it's kind of different to Breaking Bad. It does have some elements of that. 
But there's a new season starting in July, I believe. Season two. So that's Ozark. We actually live very near the Ozarks. That's probably why we originally... I was like, oh, we'll have to see that. And then we watched it all and was like, oh, the Ozark, Lake Ozark is really nice. Then realized it wasn't actually filmed anywhere. <laughs> None of it was, which no. is hilarious. I think it was filmed in Canada. So <laughs> um, it was a bit of a ripoff in that sense. But it's a very good show. And your recommendations are? Mine are just in line with the word game. And I'm going to say Hunger Games, but the first one. And The Game with... Sean Penn and Michael. That's a David Fincher movie. Michael. Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, I'm blocking it all out today. Um, only because they have the words game in them. Game and games. My Out of the Hunger Games, uh, number two is my favorite one. Mm. Number uh, one was all shaky cam. It was shaky cam, but I like the story because it was new. You know, I'd never experienced it before. Number two, which I believe was called Catching Fire. Has the big epic, you know, they're in a bigger kind of environment. I like that one a lot. So, um, a Scully stuff this week. We've still been playing Detroit, Become Human. We're right near the end now. We'll probably finish it today. Nice. um, I like it. Have your feelings changed since last week? No. Still good. It's like watching a movie. It's not much of a game. If you're a gamer... And you pick up a controller to control a person and shoot things and, you know, for that visceral gameplay experience. It's not that. It is a choose-your-own-adventure, I would say. You don't shoot things. And you don't choose a lot of your own adventure. Let's not be brainwashed into thinking this is a very is a fairly linear game with the few outcomes that change as you go. But it isn't roam around. It isn't... Red Dead Redemption or GTA, it isn't like that. It's very, we've already decided all the outcomes and every single thing we tell you to do. Everything pops up and says, click this, touch this, open this, talk to this person. There is no, like, free will or games or puzzles, really, to figure out or anything. It's just, you're along for the story. And yes, some of the choices you make or some of the things you don't notice can change drastically what happens um i don't know if it's going to ultimately be drastic or not but we'll find out i think we could have lost one of our main characters last night but because we played the way we did we kept them Mm. you know during the march let's say yeah true you know so yeah i believe you can lose um main character well you can there's three main characters but you can lose them completely in this game we have not so far so we're doing well (laughs) <laughs> so that's Detroit Become Human. It's on the PS4. It's an exclusive by Quantic Dream. I've also um, been... Uh, I bought a new monitor for my PC recently. I bought one of these new ultra-wide 21x9 monitors, which is, if you don't know what that means, a normal monitor or TV is 16x9. which Long means and skinny. The width is 16 by 9 high. This one's 21 wide and 9 high. So... It gives you more width. It's not nine inches high. No, not inches. Units. Like 20, you know, 21. So how long is it from one end to the other? Not corners. Not corners. That's corners. Right. It's a 34-inch monitor, so I don't know what you... what. No, from end to end. So it's about... To me, it looks like it's about two and a half feet long. Maybe approaching three feet long and only about 14 inches high. Maybe right. 15. So it's like um, it's like having two... Well, I used to have two monitors on my desk, two 27-inch monitors. 
It's like having that, but without without a the bezel, bezel in the middle. It's just one big screen. So what that actually is cool for is working like I am doing now, recording this podcast, because I can see everything. I used to have to have my uh, spreadsheet all squished up and scroll it back and forth. Don't have to anymore, because there's more width. But what it, where it really comes into its own is movies and games. So I've been playing, it's an older game from last year called Dirt 4. It's a rally game, but they have 21 by 9 support fully in it. And playing a racing game where the whole thing is in your peripheral view and you're not, it's not cut off on the ends, it, it's a lot more immersive. It's, it's strangely, immer- you know, I feel like if you move to a 21 by 9 you probably always want one. I don't like it particularly for me, so I don't know if that's true. I like the bend in the middle of my two monitors so I can turn to one and not and everything isn't pushed over there where I feel like I have to, and I like the whole of one in front of me and the other to my immediate right that's kind of slanted in at about a 40 degree angle or whatever. Now I, I came that. off having a 40 inch television on my on my desk. Yeah, that was a big one. Which I, there was there was some things wrong with that scenario and I would never probably go back to that because one, it it was a TV, so you it never went to sleep unless you turned it off, which was annoying because TVs don't understand PCs. So when a PC stops outputting the picture, the TV just shows you a blue screen and just sits there. I hated that, so it never went off unless. And sometimes I forgot, and it was just on all the time. And the other thing was. When you have a 40-inch TV, like, really close in front of you on a desk, it gives you a neck ache. And you only realize after a while that your neck aches more. And do you know why? Because you you have to look up and down a lot. With, yeah. this, with this monitor, because it has a stand that's height adjustable, I've got it at my eye level, and I don't have to look up and down. I had to look up and down a lot because the other monitor I had, the big one, it was actually right on my desk, like, on the wood, and then it went up because it didn't have a, a height adjustable stand. It gave me really bad neck ache. And I realized why I had neck ache. It was that monitor. So always pay attention to ergonomics at your desk. Otherwise, <laughs> you'll have a really bad neck. But anyway, uh, there are many games that support 21 by 9 I've been playing a lot of older games that all, I didn't realize. Like Doom supports it. The um, Any new game, like the Crew 2 that I was playing the beta of, that supports it. And a new game I've been playing this week called Vampire, which is a really cool vampire game. You, it's in London, like in the 1912s, around there. And you're creeping around the streets of London and you've been freshly turned into a vampire. And I, my guy just got a job at a hospital because a vampire getting a job at a hospital is really good because... The owner of the <laughs> hospital knows that you're a vampire, and he says, you can just work the night shift, and in the day you can go to sleep. And at night, and you're in a hospital, there's plenty of opportunity to feed. Blah, blah, blah. So, it's really cool. Like you, it's, I've not really played a really good vampire game. There hasn't been one for a while. And the cool thing about this vampire game is, like a Telltale game, you can go and like talk to people, and there's like, conversations that unfold, but... As you get to know people, and you get to know them by talking to them, and there's loads of conversations, and it's all voice acted, and eventually you'll get to know a person properly, and their bar will get right to the top, and it will say, because you know this person so well, their worth, their blood, they they explain it in their blood quality. The more you know them, 
the more you've kind of entranced them, the better the blood quality of that person is, rather than just going picking up a hobo from under the bridge who's got very low blood quality because you don't know who he is. So you make these relationships with these people, and some of these people are awesome. Like I'm talking to the the um, matron in the hospital, the lead nurse. She's really cool, and I've got to know her a lot, and it's almost feeling like it might go romance way with her. But, because I know her so well, her blood quality is like 3,000 XP. So if I take her around the back and kill her, and she is a main person in the story, I can get 3,000 XP and level my vampire up. Challenge. And it's like, do you do that? But she's part of the main story. And if you go and offer, she'll just disappear. And like, you'll, yes, you'll be more powerful. But she won't exist and people will get suspicious. And if you go around killing too many of them, it the whole area gets really, like, irate, and they're all out, like, vampire hunters are out. People in the street are yelling, like, we don't want vampires around here. It gets really ugly for you. So it's like this balance. Do I kill people? Don't I? I guess that's the dilemma that a vampire has, right? <laughs> You're trying to emulate that. Do you kill your best friend because he's got really high blood quality? Or do you carry on being friends with him and don't drink his blood? I think that's an easy answer, but if you're struggling with yeah. it, that says a lot about you. <laughs> so yeah, it's a cool, it's really cool. Like I, I find it really cool how anybody in the game is anybody. Even people who are giving you the main storylines. If you want to just go in their office and eat them, you can. So I don't think I've ever seen that done in a game. It's really cool. So, Sid Talk, what is for dinner? Tonight is going to be eggs, toast, and beans. Very good. And maybe some corn stuff. I don't know. I'm that sounds sure. very British. Yeah. With some, yeah. This sounds really good and hearty. British people eat baked beans on toast. It's not really an American thing. No. No. That's it for supper. And your advice. Advice? I forget what I thought of. <laughs> okay, here we go. Forget about searching for the meaning of life. Let being alive mean something to you and the people who matter to you. And that's it. Like there's no, I don't believe in any big, I just, it's just a constant flow of bullshit these days about purpose and paths and like, um, path that's been laid down and there's a plan and all this other shit. And I, you know, I'm not trying to offend you if you believe in all that, but it's just not, it's not real. It's like, Hoping upon something that isn't really there just to make you feel better, which is fine. You know, if it copes, if you cope with life better. But in reality, there is nothing, nothing beyond your life. It's a big rock and some science happening all around us and a universe. And if I need to keep going beyond all the people in my life, past all the things that I can do, beyond the life I'm living, to find meaning, to reflect back on and make my life important, then I'm just kind of a, arrogant, because I, have to, I want the whole universe to justify my existence, which I think is stupid. And you're not doing anything. You know, the meaning to me, meaning or mattering or a moment meaning something is that right now it means something to me that you and I are doing this podcast. I love you. We're married. We've been married a long time. This is our conversation about movies, which we both love, which basically brought us together. And in this moment, this means something. And what that, if you, if I zoom out just enough, that means that I want to continue being married to you and sharing moments with you. And I zoom out even more. You're part of our family. You're part of like my goals of having a home and behaviors that, you know, mean that matter. 
as far as loving you and, and making our relationship good and not being a dickhead, right? So it's like go outside of my little bubble and try to find meaning. It isn't there. Like it isn't exist. And I'm even, we're even me. I even make it up when I say that you and my, our marriage means anything like humans made it up. Yeah. Marriage is just a promise, a legal promise to each other. And yet it's just the time we're spending in our life or sharing in our lives between the time we're born and then we die. And that's what matters. If I had to look beyond myself and the people that I care about, which they are the reflection of the meaning in my life. I'm nothing without everyone around me like you. We're not anything unless there's someone there that we care about to make this loop of, you know, making every day feel like need to go on to the next day and the next day because it's important and we matter to each other. That's it. So if you keep trying to search everywhere else, and I'm not saying that you give my life meaning because you don't. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Finding you didn't give my whole life meaning or anything. It's just that because we've built this relationship and I have relationships with my best friends who I've been best friends with all my life almost and my siblings and my mother, you know, and having somewhat repaired relationship with my father before he died and that gives meaning to that little section of my life, you know, like, and then that's it. It's isolated. And then it's my relationship with my nieces are very important. And my nephew, who's basically raised in our house, half of his whole 21 years of his life. If I go outside of that, then all of that seems meaningless. Like none of that seems to matter. If something big and important and dramatic and fantastic and you know, spiritual isn't out there beyond to say, yep, it's ma it matters that you love each other or whatever love is that you, you know, have your lives together. No, you don't need that. I don't need that. And if you think you're supposed to have it, but you can't, you don't get that vibe in life and you feel like you're the wrong one because you, you know, you're like me. <laughs> you're just like, I just like living. Isn't that enough for everybody? Don't let everybody bully you into thinking there's there has to be something else in your mind. Because it isn't just make this matter. This right now, right here, the person next to you, the person, whatever. But that's it. It's not advice. Thanks. It's observation. Do you have any interesting camera? Um, you're into cameras and photography? Do you well, have I'm, I'm newly into learning some photography so I can do a wedding and not just the wedding. I'm deciding now when I retire in about five years that I could actually be good at, I mean, I'm artistic -y anyway from my whole life. And the camera thing is just very exciting. And I think I could do really well at professional type photography. I won't claim to be a professional. Anything new, I'm ordering a bunch of new stuff. Um, and I'm going to be going at this weekend and try to, and, telling people for free, I'll take your portraits at my mom's historical museum place where it has a lot of cool little areas. We'll see if anybody shows up for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, then I'll know for sure if I suck. I'm just learning. It's a matter of consistently every single day, picking up the camera, flicking the, the settings, practicing, you know, and I'm not usually good at that, but this because it really interests me. Well, like you said the other day, uh, you like drawing as well, but there's a whole process to drawing. Yeah. But you can pick up your camera and make some stuff in seconds. Yeah. Uh, photography is more immediate. 
Whereas I can sit down and draw a picture, which I love. I love the process of drawing. It's just that I know if I'm going to start in the morning drawing a picture, or if I decide to do a painting, which I haven't done many, it, that's like weeks of investment because I'm slow and I enjoy it. But I, at the end of it, I get the one picture. This I can go out. Yesterday, on the way to get French fries at Wendy's for supper, <laughs> with our Jimmy John's, this is one of those combo things, I noticed in the parking lot of the mall, hey, they're going to be having a fair this weekend. I stopped the car, and for five minutes, I stepped out, took a bunch of pictures, came home, looked at them, did some editing, kind of messed with the colors and stuff a little bit, and then ba-boom. You know what I mean? Like, I've got these cool pictures. I think they're cool. That's subjective, but it feels very like, oh, you know, quicker process. Yeah. So that's Sid Talks Photography Corner. <laughs> so are we, we going to add that to the template? <laughs> if you have anything to say, you can add it. Yeah, if you're good at photography and you actually are a professional photographer or a company that has photography stuff, I'm happy to talk about it. We don't have sponsors. So if it's crappy, I won't say it's good, but um, I'm in the process of buying one thing at a time, really, one section of stuff at a time. About $100 a month. You just bought like a, a gimbal? <laughs> yes, a gimbal for my cell phone. Because the cell phone takes great video, but I'm pretty shaky. So in order to use a little bit of that video, I bought the cheap. The cheap, I got I got it pretty cheap. But it's just a bunch of gadgets, and I don't normally get into that except for my art supplies. I don't invest a lot in any of my stuff, you know? No. As I sit here and look at a jar that has about... I would say a hundred different paintbrushes in it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I don't buy. I don't buy stuff. <laughs> I'm very focused. If I get on a thing, I buy a bunch of stuff for it. But I'm also cheap, and so I have to find the best deal if I can. All right. So we'll leave you with that. <laughs> I will uh, mention our website: sayscully.com, sidtalk.com. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store. You can catch it on a TuneIn. If you've got an Amazon device, say your trigger word. Listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn, and it'll play you the latest episode. We're also on YouTube and the RSS feed, acecully.com. Click on the word podcast. All the subscription options are there. Easy to listen to this show. So easy. You can email feedback to me at acecully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And I want to say uh, stay classy, Mr. Jason Bateman. Uh, Always continue playing yourself and uh, we'll be good. And I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you.